Sound Space, brought to you by Spectrum Life, bringing you real life, real conversation, and real advice from the best in class experts across all areas of physical and mental well being. Join our host weekly and learn how to improve and reflect on your well being. Welcome to this episode with me, Jack Kavanagh. Today we are joined by Noelle McAlinden and we will be discussing hope, healing and expression through art. A lifelong educator, Noelle describes herself as a creative advisor, artist, curator and arts activist committing to promoting creativity and self-expression to aid mental health and well-being a proud recipient of the Unlocking Creativity Award by Sir Ken Robinson in March 2021. Noelle is a founding member of the Hope, Healing and Growth event in aid of the Ashling Centre in Enniskillen and a member of Team Ohana Zero Suicide. Noelle is full of insight around the value of artistic expression in managing our well-being and the turbulent periods that each of us go through in our lives. Enjoy. Noelle McAlinden, you are very welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm the very best, Jack, and thank you so much for the for the warm welcome. Now, it's lovely to see you online, and everyone will be hearing you on the podcast, but I had the pleasure of spending some time with you last week, and we're going to get into that. But before we do, let's set the scene. Uh, where in the world are you speaking to us from? So I am originally from County Armagh, but I have been living in Enniskillen, the only island town in the island of Ireland, which is in the north in County Fermanagh. So I've been living here now 38 years. 38 years. Um, so this is the place that, that you set down roots uh, early in your adult life. Um, yes. What brought you to the area? I, I trained to become an art and design teacher and the first there were, I, I applied for a number of posts and I was reluctant to get a full-time post because I wanted to travel the world after my degree. But I was so fortunate to have uh, the opportunity to be head of department in St. Aidan's High School in Derry Lynn, just a few miles from the cabin border. And it was a one-teacher department and it has no doubt shaped and nourished my professional and personal life. And that was in 1983. Yeah, because that sort of set in motion a massive journey over a lifetime in the arts. And that that early, I suppose, job of, of teaching led to you teaching in all sorts of different contexts over the years. Um, I'd love if you could share it with the listeners a little bit about the type of work that you found yourself doing as your mm-hmm. career evolved. Yes, well, I, I was brought up in a very loving family and a very compassionate family, and we were, we were very encouraged always to get involved in community life. And because the only person I knew in, in, in the Skillen when I moved to, to Fermanagh, I stayed in the Skillen with my best friend at the time's mother, but she went to France for the year, so I literally was on my own. And I suppose the good thing about teaching, you, you automatically connect to a community of teachers, of colleagues, and of parents, and of people's. But I was very determined that I wanted to continue to build a good reputation of the, you know, of the arts in the school. I was very fortunate at the time who had a principal, Brian Gallagher, who is an author and writer in his own right, who was very encouraging. And so I also involved in um, the local community in evening classes. So I figured out that 
it was good to get the parents and the grandparents and the extended families involved in the arts. So I, I got involved in um, taking night classes, giving night classes. The oldest people I had was with a bit of, I think, an 83-year-old ex-Japanese prisoner of war. I also then was got involved in the local theatre, set in costume design, um, with Legoland players. And it, for me, it built up an extended family, and an extended family that are still, um, I'm very much connected to and have very much supported me. And um, because I have no family in Fermanagh, you know, I live, I live here, but my family are from County Armagh, somewhere in Dublin, somewhere scattered all over the island of Ireland. I'm so blessed, particularly during these last days. Yeah, so like the roots that you set down in those early years, it, it, it's remarkable because I've seen you in other contexts. You know, you integrate yourself into communities and you're a real connector of people. Um, it's actually amazing to watch it happen, uh, <laughs> the way in which you get involved and connect people. Um, and so that's that's evident very early in your career. And um. So through your 20s, you're you're working in this school environment. And and I know towards the end of your 20s, it was kind of a pivotal period in your life mm-hmm. um, with some mm-hmm. of the things that happened really shaped you. Yes, I also during that time, I got involved in lots of um, evening classes and workshops and just to build my own kind of repertoire of, of skills, because as we all know, whatever we, we think we're training to be, we only really learn the skills while we're on the job. You know, we learn skills, vital skills about our own well-being, about our ability to cope with, with challenges, with change, which is constant. And I suppose with opportunities and I suppose this idea of resilience, which I know is very important to you as well, Jack, and our mental health and well-being, all of that under stamina and coping skills are really, really crucial to our, our work-life balance. And, and we are tested and often often and I suppose um, I've had like many people, many challenges and many, many opportunities. And I know that I have witnessed firsthand, you know, when people, you know, confide in you or when you witness people um, becoming undone. And this is a phrase that's very important to me where, you know, we are all like fragile. We're all like fragile vessels and there's a child in all of us. But I think we need to nurse and nurture that child. And I suppose for me, in my, um, in my late 20s, I experienced... Um, you know, lots of trauma in terms of the community, in terms of, you know, during the troubles, you know, the Inneskillen bomb, the Oma bomb, and our work, our work life practice was very much to support and encourage um, communities, you know, to continue to work and, and, and work together. And, and I also would have um, uh, had a, the, the misfortune, but the privilege of, of, some people that were very close to me and those that I worked with and those that I taught that would have confided in me when they were feeling exceptionally fragile. So the whole area of our, you know, protecting our mental health and our well-being and seeking support is something that has become very, very important to me. And, and I do think around that time when I did have people, you know, confide in me about their own, you know, um, challenges and their mental health, they found it very challenging for me because I'm not a health professional. You know, and no one teaches you how to cope with, um, you know, uh, I suppose no one really teaches you resilience. You, you kind of learn it. You know, it's, it's, it's like a muscle that you have to build and, and uh, I suppose, nourish. But certainly over the years, I have taken on the opportunity to be involved in my own professional development. Um, I subsequently went on to work in, in a number of contexts, in, in not just in, in schools, but in the university and the prison sector as well, which was a real eye opener. I suppose for me, it taught me a very valuable lesson. There's a giant in all of us. 
but we need to nourish and nurture that. We can also we can also um, feed the the, um, the the negative toxicity that exists within all of us, and I think that that is a a road to to disaster. You know, so so this idea of beginning to um, to be vigilant, to be mindful, and to be supportive of others who ultimately are, are you know can be supportive to you. Those networks are crucial in our early lives. In our family life, which we which we experience as a family, a very close family and a very loving family, and in our community, and and I suppose for us as a family, then subsequently to experience um, suicide within our family was was just unimaginable. It's it's a void that is you can't even imagine how you're going to fill that after the loss of siblings, and and the weight of grief um, for many of us can can completely destabilize you. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that with us because I think in the world today, almost every person has been touched by or knows somebody that's been touched by that level of trauma in terms of losing someone that you really love to uh, a traumatic injury or or through suicide. And it is confronting. It is such a human experience on so many levels and as you said it can completely destabilize and leave you feeling uh, disconnected and disenfranchised and so on and there are times where uh, having anchors are so important otherwise we as you so eloquently put it become completely undone um over the years, your work, as you said, has has led you into the prison service and uh, working with with youth of different ages, and and like you said, up to the age of of eighty three year old war veterans. Um, so a remarkable span. Um, but central to it all, I think, is the idea that art can be uh, an incredibly important modality for expressing ourselves and for releasing the the things which are inside us both the light and the darkness and so i'd love to hear a bit more about your experience of that and and witnessing others as they go through that journey absolutely jack i mean i'm a great um believer in um the power of creativity in all its forms and sir ken robinson the late sir ken robinson has played a huge role and in, in certainly in, in my life and in many others in terms of making us aware at whatever age or stage we are in life, it is our own creativity and self-expression that is very, very important. And many of us carry around, you know, um, ambitions and dreams and wishes. But also we carry around, you know, um, regrets sometimes that we haven't done something or we would love to express ourselves in certain ways, particularly in the world of work where there is... Ultimately, you know, we all have roles and protocols to follow and there are codes of behaviours and conduct and all of that. And part of my, my um, work as well, um, 27 years I worked within the Education Authority. So my role was very much part of threat and development of leaders of, you know, across disciplines, not exclusively within the arts. But I suppose really learning from, from Sir Ken Robinson, this idea of, you know, we need creative the people we need problem solvers we need people who can bring light and energy and see things in multi-disciplines you know in a whole variety of forms and for me particularly my and the creativity of others has helped kept me sane quite frankly and what I've noticed that in all of the different 
um, areas in my life and different challenges that I've that I've had and witnessed and, and in supporting others. I've been very blessed that I've been able to support the creative expression of other people along the way. And part of my role would have been um, to place artists and creatives and makers in, in youth settings across Northern Ireland. And they would have worked with a range of, of organisations, a range of, of communities and of local businesses that helped build that community spirit. And there is no doubt we are much more active, um, healthy, um, well and productive citizens if we feel that we are, our, our value is, that there is a, we feel worth, we feel that we have a sense of worth, we feel valued, we feel respected, and whether it's in the playground or the boardroom or, you know, within the family context, those are really, really important. And for me, I really genuinely believe that when we are creative and self-expressed, during the sad times as well as the happy times, we are less likely to be depressed have to carry that cargo around with you that burden can completely paralyze us in a way that is you know leaves us unable to connect with other other friends other humans and even to connect with ourselves so i have seen firsthand whether it's getting involved in the visual arts or the performing arts as a volunteer getting involved in the production of a, of a performance getting involved as a, a member of the audience or simply getting your hands dirty and joining a class the opportunities that that provides you with it's like an extended family, people that aren't necessarily going to, you know, worm their way into your lives, but are going to be there as part of your cheerleading group, you know, and we all need cheerleaders. And I learned that from a very early age. And, and, and I also have learned that those that stand in our way and those that can obstruct our path often are ogres bearing gifts, people that we would have never realised that could maybe challenge us in a way that we just feel like giving up. But actually, in retrospect, the timing of that has taught us a very valuable lesson about our own resilience, about maybe we're in the wrong job, maybe we're looking in the wrong direction, maybe we're 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 addicted to the wrong behavior, the wrong, the wrong relationships. You know, there's there's so much there to learn. And I I will be 60 in, in December, and I think I declared to you in January when we we're talking that I was taking on the mantle of being a curious child, particularly at the beginning of the third lockdown, when we we're all we're so so weary. And I have to say that because of accessing creativity in so many different levels and supporting others find their creativity and their self-expression gives me such joy. And a rising tide does lift all boats. I've witnessed it firsthand. And for me, it, it leaves me feeling very fulfilled, fulfilled and fun-filled. I love that. <laughs> fulfilled and fun-filled. So last week, I spent some time with you at the Smashing Times um, art exhibition where you presented your co Coming Undone series. And it was a series um, of four paintings and uh, also a series of masks, which to me just spoke to me so personally this idea of becoming demasked and you talk about the road to Damascus and it's the play play on words, but it's just the representation of what we have all gone through during the COVID period and continue to go through. Um, as at different times, each one of us have been challenged by the masks we're wearing or by the removal of those masks and and so on. Soundspace will return after this brief message. 
Join me, Lauren Gilfoyle, as I chat to people from all walks of life about how they take on the challenge to make, manage and prioritise habits that benefit their well-being despite the busyness of the world around them. As a chartered physiotherapist and student of sports psychology, I'm interested not only in our exercise preferences, but our relationship with physical activity and exercise and how that might change as our circumstances do. So join us as we explore how others have adapted and navigated this so that you might too reflect on how to create a lifestyle that better serves you. That was was one element of it. The second element of, of it was really speaking to and uh, visually encapsulating the the strength and vulnerability of of women in in the context of of the work you were doing so i would love you to explain a little bit about the meaning the symbolism and why these are pertinent given the times that we're in first of all i was delighted to to say that you could visit the exhibition and Smashing Times are a, a human rights organisation, so it was part of Smashing Times Dublin Arts and Human Rights Festival. And I would be an arts activist, and I am very much actively engaged in, in human rights in a number of ways. But I suppose the theme of becoming undone is something that you and I have discussed before, Jack, in terms, particularly during lockdown, where we feel as if the world is being unravelled around us. We feel as if everything has seemed to be decomposing, disconnect, this feeling of both personal disconnection and disconnection from others. It seems that everything that we had a sense of belief in is falling down around us. You know, the political infrastructure, the, you know, the religious infrastructure, you know, the economic infrastructure, everything seems to be falling down. And sometimes things have to be broken and, and re, reconstructed to build again. So this idea of, the, of becoming undone, I see it as both a challenge and an opportunity. And in retrospect, there have been many times where I felt myself becoming undone, unraveled and disconnected and, and uncertain. I'm unsure, but I've also witnessed in others. And what I've also witnessed as well is that sometimes in the becoming of, in the process of becoming undone, we become unraveled, we become unburdened. Um, it's like break, break, breakdowns and breakthroughs and, and breaking free, if you like. And so the idea of the representing the figures, um, it was very much uh, part of an exhibition called State Spout in a Bond, which is in a woman's state and a state of women. But it equally applied to men, you know, this idea of, times in our lives when we are being challenged, you know, and, and overburdened. But, but in that resilience, because the colours represent hope, but there's a very strong connection between the blues and the oranges and the purples. It's meant to bring you through a journey towards enlightenment. So I, I, I use humour quite a lot, as many of us do, as, a, as another mask, sometimes when we're feeling challenged. So I was, I was intrigued by the whole area of, of masks and how we've been encouraged, obviously, to wear masks during this last 18 months. Some see it as a violation of our human rights. Some see it as a, a protector. And we wear masks in our daily lives for years, I think, as adults and young people, sometimes to protect ourselves from those that, that we meet and sometimes um, to, to prevent that kind of intimacy or that, that connection. And, and sometimes we never really drop that mask. So this idea, it was a, a conversation we had with Father Brian Darcy and he talked about the road to Damascus. And I remember thinking, the plain words, you know, the road to de-mask us and for me it was like the idea of going towards enlightenment to become undone to become untethered to become free create breathing space metaphorically speaking that gives us the opportunity to rest relax get respite and restore and almost a form of rebirth if you like or renaissance 
So the idea of celebrating the fact that, yes, there are times in our lives where we've been like vessels that have been fractured and broken and unsure of ourselves, but bit by bit, we can put ourselves back together again if we if we seek deep into and acknowledge authentically how we're feeling and connect with others in that way. Because we, it, it takes so much more energy to put on this mask that's, that claims to be everything's okay. I mean, we know in the workplace, we have to put on this, this brave mask that everything's fine, home life is fine. But if you're genuinely struggling, your colleagues who care, your friends who care, your family who care can help you during that time. But the reality is no one has a perfect life. It's in our it's in our imperfections that we grow and, and thrive and nourish and can support others. I couldn't agree more that it's it's the most imperfect parts of us that make us most human you know and i think was it rogers said that that which is most personal is and most individual is most universal the the piece of us that feels um you know shame or or depression or isolation or or so many of these sort of negative emotional states um which we are shy to share with others they are the things which connect us um, because everybody feels those at different times. And we're much more um, open to sharing the more positive ones because it doesn't leave us in a place of feeling vulnerable. But actually, when you embrace the whole um, of, of the light and the dark, it's, it's really what makes us human and it helps us to connect. And as you said, um, this idea of, becoming undone as well in in the process of, of becoming undone and unraveling and unte- becoming untethered these are all phrases that that you've used and and i think so vividly describe what has people's has been people's experience over the past number of years through the covid challenge in particular it's triggered for many people those kind of states within that there's a time where it's necessary to retreat and to to protect and to go into safe quarters um and that might mean within yourself but it also might mean with the people around you or the space that you inhabit what do you have to say on that and maybe you can draw on your own life experience or or i'll I'll leave it open to you where you might go with that Certainly, Jack, I know for me, for some people, lockdown has been a good thing. You know, it's been an opportunity to, to slow the pace down and to pause. And for me, that has been a good thing. Um, I'm three years into retirement. I call it refirement. I took early retirement um, from a job that I absolutely loved. But I realized as well that I can make a difference in other ways while I still have energy and I still have hope and I still, you know, like to think I have something to contribute. Um, I'm also a cancer survivor and uh, I'm five years cancer free, so I'm, I'm celebrating that as well. But during that time, I found it an opportunity to recreate my own home place as my own, if you like, adult playground in terms of my own opportunity to, to paint, to, risk, to go back into my own creativity and um, to connect with many people virtually, which was great. Technology had a great, great part to play there. But again, like the becoming undone phrase, the space between us was very pertinent to me. The emotional space, the physical space, the virtual space and also the geographical space as well. And how, you know, we could be in the same room with people we love and still not be able to communicate or have the vocabulary to communicate with those we work with. If we're feeling fragile, angry, 
displaced. And yet, I suppose the key thing for me is, you know, I'm, 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 I'm too old for small talk. Authentic conversations for me are really, really important. And that's why I've really enjoyed all the conversations that we have had, Jack. And I think irrespective of age and stage in life, wisdom comes in different forms. You know, and teachers come, teachers are not excluded exclusively within the school setting. Most of our real experiences are, are, are taught to us outside of life, outside of outside of the school context. And, and it's life, you know, and, and it's human beings being human, human doing and human doings as well. So for me, this idea of taking time out, taking time to reflect, taking time to make your mark, whether you write, I, I paint with words first and then I then I work towards exhibitions. And the themes that I would have chosen over the years, you know, after we lost our, our first sister to suicide, it was out of the blue, you know, and it was this idea about that there is hope, but but you have to go inside, dig deep and acknowledge those feelings of loss and grief. And it was for me the first time I could witness how my own creativity could support my parents and my family. And I'd seen so many others do the same and bring lo love and life and laughter back into home, into home life. You're not replacing those you've lost and still love, but what you're doing is you're celebrating it. And, you know, exhibitions like Precious Cargo that I've had, again, this idea of people that you hold close in your family and your heart, this precious cargo that we all have that is very important to us. So for me, this idea of creating work, for me, bodies of work that are created under particular themes in periods of your life um, is really, really important to me. And last year, I also was part of uh, um, Smashing Times Dublin Arts and Human Rights Festival, and the exhibition was called Emotional Landscape. And again, it was about this idea of the emotional landscape that we occupy, the places that we just have to think about, and it brings us, it brings us home. You know, heart spaces, head spaces, you know, places that we can connect to and with people. And, and you know, it's, there's a beautiful, beautiful feeling, you know, and it's not about being all sort of arty farty or, or trying to be, you know, elitist. It's about, you know, speaking plainly and with a, a language that connects with people and, and that is grounded, you know, with experience. And what I've learned as well during lockdown, I'm, I'm, I'm a number of different charities. I do a lot of voluntary work. Um, and one of the, the charities um, is Connect for Man. And we just simply bring, bring two people, I've rung two ladies throughout lockdown once a week. And it's just a conversation with people I've never met, but it's just to lift spirits. And, and we discovered we both get, it's a two-way street. That dialogue is precious, it's nurturing and it's nourishing. And, and I think the words we speak can be loaded with love or loaded with hate. And I think we have to be mindful of that in our workplaces, in our family life, in, in our in our personal lives and I think as you know with Declan Coyley talks about the green platform there's the red and the green and then there's that white space you know taking time to respond rather than react is very important but I also think we've got to be proactive in seeking sanctuary when we need it we've got to be proactive in seeking support when we need it and and be be more aware of what it is you know, fulfilling challenge that there is hope and there is help out there. And I'm also part of the network Opana Zero Suicide, um, which is again dedicated to encouraging those to support those that may be feeling vulnerable or suicidal to simply do this 30 minute course. And I think some of us feel that there's there's so much stigma attached to talking about mental health. We need to destigmatize the fact that we're not okay all of the time. It's totally normal to feel overwhelmed. To feel that we're becoming undone, to feel fragile, because that's that's being human. And if we are putting on this brave face all the time, 
we will eventually crash and burn. And that's my experience. Yeah. And it's those times where we think we have to be perfect for the outside world that we become most fragile. Um, you know, we think it's the strongest thing we can do, but actually it's the thing that isolates us and and we have to have a forced slowing down then when when the cracks start to appear and and we we grind to a halt um so much of the work that you do is targeted at mental health spaces um due to your own family experience of suicide something which i've spoken to you about before and was so devastating and um i suppose your work with art has shown in your own exhibitions but also with others that um expression through art can be an incredibly healing thing for those who are listening who are experiencing challenging emotions at the moment or challenging circumstances at the moment as a teacher as an as an artist what would be your encouragement or suggestion or weigh in for people to pick up pen and paper or paintbrush or whatever way it might be and and to start to let go yeah absolutely and even something as simply as writing down writing down how you're feeling you know and it's funny too because i remember someone said if you played a country and western song backwards you get your house back your wife back your dog back you know there's this thing about you know when you think of love songs you think of you think of art you think of music you think of poetry a lot of it is about the fragility of the human experience and your words my words are are as important you know in terms of our own stories and I think we all have a story to tell whether you know whether it's it's a happy one or not but but actually there's something cathartic I did this as well and I I I have sought lots of opportunities for my own I suppose healing and growth as well this idea to be able to write things down is, is, is a technique called hot planning when you just write down how you're feeling and um, this idea of getting stuff off your chest there's something very very liberating about that the other aspect as well as listening to music music has been i mean the radio has never been as important the human voice all during lockdown for some of us who live on our own to hear an authentic conversation or to hear you know someone speak or or, or listen to a song can bring so much joy and even in the sad songs to release those tears they're both gifts laughter and um, tears are, are gifts in my book I'm a great I'm a great follower as well of Brené Brown this idea of vulner- showing vulnerability is definitely a sign of strength rather than a sign of weakness and it's not about sympathy in my book it's about empathy if we can feel and support others going through what they're going through we can't obviously stand in their shoes but I think it's important to acknowledge it. I think it's really, really important. And there are so many ways. I mean, there are so many things that are online at the minute. Um, there are evening classes that hopefully when, when everything gets back to a, a new normality, you know, to sign up for a, a class. And I know it's challenging to go into a class and, and be a beginner again. But we're, we're beginning on a daily basis. I, I see myself as a lifelong learner. And I, I'm, 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 I'm a curious child again, but it's fallen flat on my face several times. And do you know something? It's the getting back up again. And I think we all know who the cheerleaders are in our lives. And my advice is, if you haven't got, um, if you've got one or two cheerleaders, that's brilliant. And if you've people that are trying to drag you down, maybe it's time to create a little bit of space between you and them. And and follow your dreams and your passions. Um, I have a sister, Geraldine, who, who, who decided to go on and, and train to, you know, to be a solicitor and is a very, very, very competent, very capable, but she always had a passion for acting and theatre and Production. 
And she's managed to do that very successfully because she's, she's following her dream. And the reality is we're never too young to start. We're never too young to begin again. So whether it's a diary, whether it's a, a local poetry group, there's lots of things happening in the, you know, in the community context. Um, but tune in and pay attention and be vigilant, but be proactive. You know, um, no one's going to land at your front door, you know, with a, with a box of tricks. You've got to find your own palette. You've got to find your own um, uh, um, opportunities. And I suppose one thing that I've learned as well is it begins with one step, whether it's the first step to leave your home and go for a walk, whether it's to, if you can do that, or if it's to listen to it into a radio station, or if it's to join a group, if it's, or to be a volunteer and do something for someone else. That is one of the greatest gifts. To feel that you can, in your, in your brokenness, in your disappointments, when you've had time to heal, to actually volunteer for, to, do, to help someone else. That is a priceless gift that you can never put a price on. Mm. Absolutely. Fantastic advice. Um, and but, but, but Jack, make your mark, whatever that mark is. We grew up, my parents had this phrase, whatever you do, don't make an exhibition of yourselves. Don't let the side down and don't show yourself up. And isn't it ironic? That in the joy of making an exhibition of ourselves, and I know this, you you do this as well with your family in terms of what you're in how proud we all are of what you're doing. We are putting ourselves on a stage to be criticized. We, we could be criticized to be vulnerable, but look at look at the support that people are getting from that. And I think my invitation to you and to continue to, to everybody is um show up for yourself and an invitation to to um come on stage and make an exhibition of yourselves. Yeah, to make your mark and making that mark, the, the first steps in that could be making your mark on the piece of paper in front of you, uh, letting go of whatever it is that you're carrying and, and, and expressing that. And it doesn't need to be the, the heavy stuff uh, only. It, this can be expressing and putting on paper or into a poem or a song or a piece of art or any way that you find or seek impre- uh, expression. Um, but leave an impression on something outside of yourself you know noel it's always a privilege to chat to you um you're so involved in the community and in so many different initiatives i suppose if you had one message to leave people with that they would take away based on our conversation today what would you like that to be I think what I have learned, I'm the eldest of seven, and I've learned, you know, I'm not a, a biological mother, but I've, I've, I tend to mother family and and nickname little mother in a compa- in a nice way, I have to say. But what I have learned is that self-compassion has to come first before you can be compassionate towards others. And in being self-compassionate, you can build your own resources, build your own resilience. And if you can express, I think self-compassion and self-expression. Get the, get the stuff off your chest. If there are people that are annoying you, people that you're finding difficulty with, write it down, but don't post the letter. <laughs> you know, get it off your chest and respect your contribution to the world because we all have a giant inside all of us. Noel McAlinden, thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, we spoke to Noel McAlinden about the value of art in hope healing, expression and growth through our lives. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for more.
This podcast was brought to you by Soundspace, the go-to place for all the latest podcasts on topics such as mental well-being, nourishment, parenting, and health and fitness.